Hello and welcome to the Spirit World Center. This is a Spirit World Q&A recorded live on Clubhouse. And today we're talking about the spiritual truth behind unicorns and dragons. So unicorns, dragons, and other mystical creatures, they, they pop up a lot within the spiritual literature. And, you know, even for some people who are into the spiritual, they think, oh, okay, unicorns, dragons, that's going too far, you know, is that, is that going too far into the realm of fantasy? And it's an it's a understandable objection. Um, however, there are very good reasons to accept the existence and the presence of these types of spiritual beings within one's spiritual life. And ultimately, that's what we're talking about here, right? We're not talking about beings that have been in the physical. We're talking about beings who are spiritual first. They do not have bodies, but they only have the way that they appear to us, that they present themselves to us. And so we'll get to all that. So I want to take a step back, though, and really clarify some terms before we get into this. Right, because we have to start by talking about the liminal realm, and so of course, before we get there, we should talk about the physical and the spirit world. So we, of course, live in this physical realm, right? This world of time and space, and this physical hard matter that is very, you know, it's it's condensed. It's it's very solid, right? And yes, there is consciousness within this physical realm. However, that consciousness is embodied within well, physical bodies or some type of matter, right? So, of course, when you extend this animist perspective to the world, you see that the, the trees and the rocks and the hills and the earth and, and us and the animals, they all contain consciousness, right? But that consciousness still is contained within the physical and then, of course, so we have the physical realm, but then we also have the spirit world. This is very much where we come from. It's this realm of pure consciousness. And that spirit world is without time and space. It's formless. It is, in many ways, indescribable, undefinable, and incomprehensible to, us, to our primate minds. We just, we just can't fathom the depth and the, the wondrous beauty that is possible in the spirit world. And, um, however, um, so it's just, it's just outside of our, our comprehension. However, that is a, a realm that is without time and space. It's, but it's also notably pure consciousness, right? It is that pure consciousness. Now, if you have a Venn diagram, right, the two circles that overlap in the center, when you bring together those two circles and you get that overlap, that is, in a Venn diagram, it's that area that shares in the qualities of both circles, right, shares in the qualities of both sides. And there is that area of overlap between the physical world and the spirit world. And this is something that we call the liminal realm. The liminal. And that liminal realm is where you still have the time and space of the physical, but you have that interacting with the pure consciousness of the spirit world. 
right? That pure consciousness that's unrestrained and unconstrained by a body that is going around interacting and otherwise, um, otherwise engaging with time and space. And so this is very much, right, the realm that you would encounter ghosts, right? It's a uh, um, ghosts are this this consciousness that's no longer encumbered by a body, no longer constrained by a body, that is existing in this pure consciousness state, but it is still existing in relation to time and space, right? That's what a ghost is. It's pure consciousness existing in relation to time and space. And so this liminal realm that we're talking about here, that that ghosts dwell in, as well as many other things, it exists right alongside our physical realm, right? It exists alongside us. In fact, it is everywhere alongside of us. And it is simply separated from us by this veil of perception. You might hear this term a lot within various type of metaphysical studies, the veil of perception. And this veil separates us from that liminal realm, from this much more spiritual realm that is right right alongside us, right? It's in the room with you right now. It's just that you can't see it because you're not seeing across that veil of perception, right? That the, the, the liminal exists superimposed over top of our physical reality, but it's just that we can't see it. We have to shift our, our perception. And uh, this, of course, happens in a, in a haunted house, right, where you have spirits living within your house. Well, of course, most of the time, you can't see them, you can't perceive them or anything like that. Even though they're there, they're living right alongside you. There's only certain times where you can see across the veil, pierce that veil, and actually perceive them or interact with them. And, uh, you know, so most of the time you're in the physical and then occasionally you can see across into that liminal realm and you can perceive things like ghosts. Well, in that liminal realm, right, that, that mixing area between the physical and the spirit world, there, of course, are many other things existing, not just ghosts. There are spirits of the land. There are things like elementals and, um, and, and other um, beings, beings of pure, pure consciousness that exist within the landscape around you, that, um, that enjoy living within the time and space that you have around you, enjoy living in beautiful areas and such. And so these liminal beings certainly are out there living their own particular spiritual lives, right? Because they're nearly pure consciousness, but they are existing in relation to the natural features and time and space of the physical world. And so, of course, you know, there's, there's many, many beings around you currently as well. We live in the midst of a spiritual ecosystem, and it's like being out in the middle of the jungle, right? If you're in the middle of the jungle, you assume that there's going to be all this life around you, right? There's the, there's the trees, there's the vines, then there's the, the animals, but then there's all the insects, um, and there's the, the moss, the fungi under your feet, right? You just assume that you're going to be surrounded by life. Well, it's no different even when you're alone in your home. 
because you are surrounded by an invisible ecosystem of lots of different uh, different beings of various sizes and levels, right? So, you know, you could have some very simple uh, uh, spirits and, and energies around you, right, that are similar to the fungi and moss and of the forest. And then you can have more complex beings like... Uh, you know, that are much more like the animals or the, the plants. But you are surrounded by this rich spiritual ecosystem. Now, getting to the, the uh, topic of today's talk, what about mystical creatures like unicorns and dragons, right? You have this coming across in so many different um, old tales and mythologies. Well, what's there? What's, what's happening there? And so, of course, this is what, what my partner Lauva and I have found through a lot of channeling and a lot of also personal experience of working with these types of beings. And what you find is that these mystical beings, they are very much li- they're beings of the liminal, that liminal realm, right? Um, for those of you who just joined in, it's the liminal realm is this idea that it's this mixing ground where you have the physical world um, inter- overlapping and, and connecting with the spirit world. And so there's this, this area of overlap, this in-between, in which you have time and space and matter interacting with the pure consciousnesses that ordinarily would dwell within the spirit world. And so you, of course, have beings there living who basically are living almost a lucid dream-like existence and that they have great control over how they appear and what they do, just like you would in a lucid dream. And they can, of course, interact with us humans, especially when us humans pierce the veil, see to the other side, either through things like shamanic journeying or trance or simply having that second sight. And, uh, and so absolutely, um, there are beings living in the liminal who we would describe as these mystical creatures. Now, what's, what's going on with them? Why, why are they appearing as a horse with a horn on its head or a, um, a, a human with, uh, you know, with fish tails or, um, or a dragon, right? Which is essentially a being with, uh, at least the Western dragon, is this being who has a, uh, you know, lion legs and feet, uh, a, a lizard's tongue or a snake's tongue, uh, a griffin or a um, an eagle's wings, and uh, you know the the scales of a crocodile. All these various um, various features, right? What's happening here? Well, the important thing to recognize is that we're not talking about beings that ever existed in the physical world, right? We did not have flying dragons that evolved within the physical. We instead have have spiritual beings that present themselves to us in that form, all right? And, and so, but this, this is important just to clarify, right? When it comes to mermaids, unicorns, um, dragons, right? We're not talking about beings that were, you know, created within a Darwinistic physical universe. Uh, we're talking about beings that exist within the liminal and therefore that you can certainly encounter them 
as you go about this, this uh, about your day-to-day life, when you can see across into the liminal realm, when you have second sight, when you enter into a trance randomly, these are occasions when you can see these types of beings. So now, these types of beings, what are you seeing? You're seeing a spiritual being, a, a fully spiritual being, a, a being of pure consciousness that is dwelling within that liminal realm also potentially in the spirit world, but for now, let's just focus on the liminal realm. And of course, what are you, you know, why, why are they appearing this way? Well, it's a lot like body language. Think about body language. The way that we hold our body and move can communicate a whole lot, right? It can communicate a lot about how we're feeling, about how our attitudes towards something. We can communicate a lot through body language. But what if we could choose the body that we present to people? So this is an extreme form of body language, where it's not just how you move your body that's conveying a meaning, but rather it is how, what body you choose, right? What body are you going to present yourself in to this person? And, and you have to realize, therefore, that it very much is also to the person as well. You have, a, you have these spiritual beings in the liminal who do not have physical bodies of their own. They can present themselves in any way to you. And so they encounter you, right? Or they encounter a human. And this human can, can see across, across the veil, right? With their second sight into the, into the liminal. Well, now... Okay, how is this being going to present itself? It's going to look within the human. It's going to look within the human and say, okay, what what concepts, what symbols does it have already within it? And therefore, how can I convey my inner essence in the most accurate way? And it's going to take on aspects of various symbols that are already within your mind, right? So for instance, let's say a dragon. You want to be a very, you want to, you, if you're the dragon, okay, if you're this, uh, this uh, intelligence, this spiritual consciousness that wants to interact, well, you're going to pick a, a pick a dragon form, really, if you are this being of a great amount of strength and wisdom and power, right? Everything about that form is conveying these things, whether it's the lion's claws or the, uh, you know, the serpent's tongue for wisdom. That's an old Gnostic motif. Um, and then, you know, the ability to see um, from a higher perspective. And so you have wings of the eagle, all this, right? And, uh, and so therefore, you're choosing these features that convey your own um, your own essence, how you see yourself and, and who you are. And then this gives the, the receiver this accurate assessment just through your own literal body language, you know, the body that you choose. It, it gives the receiver this idea of who and what you are, what you're like. And of course, let's say, for instance, with mermaids, right? If someone has second sight and they see something, a, a, a intelligence that lives near the water and acts as this intermediary between the sea and the surface, right? Well, what's a very um, symbolic way for that being to present itself? 
well, half human and half fish, because it is about that union, that interaction between the sea and and the land and living at the, the border in between. You know, that's that's one way that that consciousness could present itself because it's showing something about its inner nature, its essence. Uh, same way with a unicorn, right? A unicorn is has always been this, this symbol, yes, of purity, but also of a great amount of wildness. And, uh, you know, you, you look at the old, uh, at the old tapestries, and it was very much, um, you, you would have, you know, the maiden who is pure of heart going and taming the unicorn that otherwise would pierce and destroy anyone else, right? And you had to be pure of heart in order to tame this unicorn because it's so wild. Well, yeah, a, a horse with this gigantic hoof, uh, sorry, hoof, no, this gigantic horn on its head is, uh, is something that it definitely has this feeling of being wild, it has this feeling that, you know, don't mess with it. I, I'm not to be domesticated. I am, I am something wild. So you have these spiritual beings that absolutely, when they interact with a human consciousness, they take on in that spiritual form that they're presenting, they, they take on uh, these these physical features, they take on a body that presents their innermost essence to the receiver, to the perceiver. And um, so that's basically what's happening there, right? And so you, I, I, I invite you then to give some thought as to what type of, of consciousness, what type of being wants to be presented as let's say a western form of dragon or an eastern form of dragon right what what's the differences in consciousness and inner essence that would explain why it's choosing different symbols and different uh, features in order to express itself so that's something to uh, uh, to contemplate so just to summarize then when we are working with these mystical creatures absolutely it's you're not working with anything that existed in the physical realm ever. You're talking about something that is a this this spiritual being that is appearing to you in a costume, in a costume that is purp uh, purposely chosen to express to you its own unique nature and personality. So that's important. Now, these kind of mystical beings can absolutely be worked with. They are consciousness, they are spirits that exist within the liminal and that exist within the spirit world. You can reach out to them, you can learn from them, and, and they are wonderful to work with. Um, I, myself, in my practice, have worked with dragon spirit immensely, and I can tell you it is just a phenomenal being to work with, very much the, the disciplinarian very much the the being who will tell you what you're doing wrong and also will just be very very blunt with you in in guiding you and leading you to to improving your own life right it's not not coming from malice or or any kind of uh you know negativity uh but but a dragon spirit will call you on your bull and will certainly um, fix you up, give you hard, a hard and stern lecturing, and and then and set you on your way on the right path. 
And uh, of course, when you work with uh, Dragon Spirit, you can also engage in a certain amount of um, oath making. In other words, like it will keep you on the path. Um, and so you can make you can you can make a promise like, OK, I'm going to keep doing this and I'm not going to fall off the, the path or else, you know, I have to give you this big $200 offering or something, right? Um, you can certainly, you know, you can, you can put up, um, Dragon Spirit will find ways, if you ask, if you invite that into your life, uh, to, to keep you on the path. It will motivate you. It will motivate you and, and give you the, the kick in the butt that you might need. Uh, absolutely fantastic being to work with full of uh full of goodness and but very stern in that well look you know if you want to do that you have to do this um also a spirit that if you meet with them in a shamanic journey let's say um definitely don't ask for anything upon that first meeting okay uh always always just give lots of love and light and and your reverence and respect upon a first meeting. Just meet, you know, this goes for a lot of spiritual beings. Just meet them in the that first time um, to just get to know them, right? Just for the benefit, for the pleasure of getting to know them. And maybe even then put out an offering on your altar um, to uh, to connect with them. And then on subsequent meetings, meetings maybe ask for help. But you do not want to be presumptuous with a being like like dragon spirit. It can be very. Um, uh, you don't want to to upset him because otherwise you're going to have to fall into a whole lot of apologetics. Um, and uh, I'm speaking from experience here. This happened to me the first time that uh, I worked with uh, with dragon spirit in my spiritual practice. I I definitely um, upset it. And, uh, so I had to, to be very apologetic to get out of that. And yet that was actually a waking up moment for myself as well, in terms of how I was interacting with the spirits. I learned a lot and, and ultimately it's gotten to the point where dragon spirit has taught me so much over the years. So I'm incredibly grateful to be working with it. And absolutely, you can work with with all these different beings, any kind of mystical creature, uh, in in these in this kind of way. They all have their own distinct wisdom, right? I mean, work with a mermaid if you want to learn about the connection between yourself and the sea, right? Or, or work with uh, a unicorn if you want to learn about rewilding, you know, getting back to the wild. Uh, these are all wonderful, wonderful beings to to work with. And they exist right there in the liminal realm. They might be scarce, they might be rare, but they're there in the liminal realm. And you can also find them in the spirit world. So if you want to do things like shamanic journeying to reach out to these beings, you absolutely can. Um, and it can be as, as simple as creating a space on your altar for these types of beings. You know, buy a nice dragon statue or buy a nice uh, unicorn statue and put it on your altar. And then, you know, you can give offerings and say, you know, um, one last caveat is that when you're working with these beings, one thing that you can do is to reach out to the great spirit of these mystical beings, right? Because as we're saying, there's these beings, you know, this, these intelligences do exist in these forms within the 
within the liminal realm. Now, of course, one thing that you'll find is that individual entities, individuals of any species, will tend to have their own agenda, right? This is often why we advise working with the great spirit of bear as opposed to any particular bear spirit, because a bear spirit is going to have its own interests, its own agenda. Well, same with mystical creatures. Uh, I would suggest working with the great spirit of dragon as opposed to uh, the spirit of any particular dragon, because that that consciousness that is its own individual could have its own unique uh, desires that it is operating on. And uh, so that, of course, can affect how you work with it magically or shamanically. So I always advise, you know, find that great spirit to work with. Find the this this uh, consciousness that lays behind, that exists behind an entire species. And that is the the archetypal energy the archetypal consciousness that gives birth to an entire species that gives it it, its form Um, that is that's a very powerful being to work with so um, that's about that for for that question so i'm going to close out this uh this talk and then we can get to uh, the discussion. So for those of you who are listening to this podcast, thank you so much for joining in and attending. And uh, until next time, lots of love and light, and bye-bye.